Need to stock up on some tie-dye sleeping bags for those long nights on Redemption Island? There's only one place to go. It's Amazon.com. Find the best deal on everything you need and help support this very podcast when you start your shopping at RobHasAWebsite.com slash Amazon. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they want the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor, no way to Yes, that's right. Survivor Know-It-Alls is back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our season premiere of Survivor Know-It-Alls. Rob Cesarino here, uh, and here is uh, the other smartest guy around. Here he is, uh, Stephen Fishback. Stephen, welcome. Hello, Rob. It's been uh, it's been a while. I miss talking to you every week. You know, uh, glad to be back. To, you know, even if it's just Survivor, it's I'm glad to, to be here to talk about it. Yes, well, Steve, what do you mean just Survivor? There's no such I mean, thing. You know, I want to talk to you, and this is like an opportunity for us to talk. But, yeah. but uh, you know, a huge episode. I loved it. I was, I love the Blood versus Water twist. I have to say, I'm the Blood a, versus... You know, for all of the hand-wringing that people had on Twitter, uh, oh, I guess I'll watch it. Uh, they're killing the show. They're ruining it. I thought this was a pretty lively 90-minute premiere. I want to just say that I always liked this twist. I always thought it was going to be good. And the naysayers, I was right. That's all I want to say is I was right. You're not a Stephen come lately? No, I was I was a Stephen there from the get-go, Rob. Yes. All right. Well, we've got a lot to get to tonight. We're, or I'm sorry, we're in the daytime. We're recording this on Thursday. It's a little after noon Eastern because of the Big Brother finale. We will be moving back to Wednesday night in our uh, t- regular time slot starting next week. Uh, a little bit of different. We're going to be a little bit later than last season. Stephen and I are going to be on at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific after Survivor. So after Survivor, you can relax, watch a little something else, and then Stephen and I will be there uh, at 10 Eastern starting next Wednesday with an asterisk. And, of course, I say that with all my podcasts now because uh, Nicole is – my wife is due to give birth on September 28th. So we are very much wow. in the danger zone. But, the you know, we got through the Survivor premiere and Big Brother finale. So – we're gonna count. If she is, if she gives birth on a Survivor night, will you name her after one of the contestants from this season or ever? No, from this season. Whoever, whoever's, you know, whoever makes the move of the episode, that episode, you should name her after. Name <laughs> whoever gets the fishy, that's who has to get the. Yeah, boy or girl. You oh my like, god. You know, name the child. Yeah. Well, at least we know that the baby won't be named Rupert. Then, hey, oh, there we go. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we got a, we got so much to get to. Uh, as you're, let's get you locked in here for a full season of Survivor recaps. Uh, if you want to join us live here and watch the video feed of this, you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to robhasawebsite.com/slash/youtube. Get all of the live shows uh, that we do on YouTube. You'll get them all in there. Plus, I'll be doing some more Survivor content on YouTube as well. Or if you want just the audio feed of Rob as a Podcast, go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. Or if you really are particular and you only want to hear about Survivor, 
Survivor on the audio, go to robaswebsite.com slash Survivor Podcast. Uh, and that and all these shows, of course, are on robaswebsite.com. All right, Stephen. So let's begin here uh, and let's start with our, our top story at this hour. Uh, the f- tribe of new players has voted out Jervis's niece, Marissa, sending her to Redemption Island. Stephen, do you like the move? I mean, obviously, it's a highly contentious move. You know, on social media, you're seeing, you know, people accusing them of racism, accusing them of being stupid. Um, I honestly, like, I didn't hate it as much as other people have. Now, I do think there may be a racist component to it. And obviously, that's invidious because, like, just statistically – Black women have not have gotten voted out very early in a lot of recent seasons. And you have to wonder, like, what is going on there with, you know, you know, with America. But um, just from a strategic perspective, you know, yes, Marissa performed well in the challenge. But, you know, you have to also be thinking here, like, whoever you're keeping on your tribe, you're hoping also to sort of loop in their relatives or their loved ones from the other tribe. Jervis didn't wasn't just a jerk. He also totally screwed up the challenge. Do you want to be committed to Jervis, you know, because of Marissa? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things that you brought up there. Let's say say one by one. First off, I want to say that racism, I think here, is just a red red herring? Should we go with, uh, I don't know, whatever color you want to make it. Uh, I think that it's totally neither here nor there. I don't think that this was a racist thing. And I know we went through a lot of that with Big Brother this summer, but I just want to get that out of the way. I don't think that this was, uh, that the tribe acted in a racist way whatsoever. Now, I do think it wasn't such a great move. I don't think it's a terrible move and it's not the end of the world, but I kind of feel like there's sort of like a second and third and fourth level that you have to be thinking about these things now because when you send somebody to Redemption Island, that there is a chance that they end up on the other tribe um, and that somebody um, could end up coming back to burn you. Um, and would do you want a disgruntled Marissa potentially ending up on the heroes or the returning veterans tribe? I would rather send somebody who was not as much of a physical threat to the other tribe potentially. Um, and so you think that that so your thought is the people you're voting out, you're doing it with the knowledge that maybe they're going to be come back in the game with a vendetta and Katie is a better person to sort of put in that position. Yeah. I think if Katie's pissed off at you, it's like, okay, big, you know, not, not that big a deal. I, I don't, yeah. I would rather deal with a pissed off disgruntled Katie at some point later in the game. And I know that's not the end all be all, but I also think that Marissa seemed like she's the person in the game most likely to vote against her loved one. And I feel like to lose her, I mean, doesn't it seem like at, at, at some point that she has the least connection to her? It doesn't even seem like she likes her uncle. I just think you can never really count on someone voting against their loved one. You know, for all that, like, there's been so much smack talk, you know, and particularly between Jervis and Marissa, you know, that that tie is always going to win out. I mean, I think for certain. And so... You know, if anything, maybe Marissa's, you know, dogmatic insistence that, like, she didn't want anything to do with her uncle might have made the, her tribe mates more suspicious. Like, just own up to it a little bit. You know, don't, like, complete – I mean, I certainly see why she was trying to distance herself, but no one's really going to believe she's going to turn on her family members, like, no matter what, like, she says in that moment. 
Mm-hmm. I also think that Marissa was probably the best athlete of the group of women on that tribe also. So I also felt like it was a little bit of a mistake to get rid of her as well. That being said, it doesn't seem like they're hurting for muscle on this tribe of the loved ones. Well, so what, what do you think was there? I mean, do you really think it was just because Jervis was a jerk and you're sort of looking for any excuse for that first boot? You're like, got to be someone. Here's a very clear reason. Let's just go with it. No, I, I think what it was was, you know, you got this group of guys here and it's all men and it's really led by this Brad Culpepper. And I think that or Culpepper, if you will, I, I think that he and Marissa don't like each other. And right. from when he first said, like, hey, when I'm in the if I'm in a challenge and she needs a tarp, I, you know, some part of me is going to be thinking about that. And she gave him the stink eye and right. she started with like, well, if he's on my tribe, I'm going to he better not be thinking about throwing a challenge. And right. that sort of set off the whole thing. And I think it's no coincidence that the guy who made this whole all guy alliance and the person who kind of spoke up against him at one point ends up being the person who goes who goes home. Or yeah, goes, no, I'm sorry, I, I goes to Redemption probably, Island. I think, her, I think her sort of just like putting a target on her on herself like that is just a you know just a mistake, and we've seen it happen before, where uh, you know speaking up like that can can alienate you. Um, you know, it's a mistake. Just just uh, keep your mouth shut in those situations and say nice things. Yeah. All right, but it's not the end of the world for Marissa. She goes to Redemption Island, where she is joined by uh, two other people. And I think there's probably a little more to talk through here with the day one vote-offs, Stephen. All right. Yeah. Lot to, a lot of meat here. All right. Let's start with the first vote-off that happens. Well, actually, let me back up a step. Do you like the idea of, hey, we're going to vote somebody off here on the first day? In theory, I hate Redemption Island, you know, as a, as a device in general, right? Because it, like, sucks all the energy out of the end of the episode. You know, like, this, this week, nobody's eliminated. Like, no one goes home. Um, but I really liked the way it was implemented with this first vote off and then the switch. I thought it just immediately, you know, exposed some of, like, the real core dynamics of this blood versus water twist. Uh, I, I liked it. What, what do you think? Yeah, I actually uh, I do like Redemption Island here in in this instance, and I think it's going to make for some interesting decisions, uh, as we saw here in this first episode. So uh, the idea to vote somebody off on day one, I never like it because I could envision myself as one of the people out there. But as a fan, it's interesting. It really gets really gets the blood pumping. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's not like in, in Palau when these people are being sent home. You know, they're still being sent to an opportunity where they, you know, have more game left in them. Um, and obviously, it sucks for them, and it sucks not to even have a chance to, to play. You know, if you're first voted out, you know, on, on day three, you at least, like, you did something. You know, you had a, a game, uh, as limited as it was. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely thought that this was an exciting idea. So, so what, what did you think, Rob? Uh, 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 Laura, Laura Bonham, c- kind of an obvious one, right? You know, it's well. I what I want to talk to you about is the fact that all of the loved ones knew what to do, and there was no like, all right, I'll give you guys a minute to strategize, see what you guys come up with. They all, on their own, reached the same conclusion. I think that there was only 
one other vote. Uh, I'm getting confused between my Big Brother notes and Survivor notes from last night. So well, actually, no, it was Laura. Well, and Laura doesn't do herself any favors when she votes for Jarvis. Who is Jarvis? <laughs> not not helping the cause there. Not knowing uh, one of the uh, you know pioneers of Survivor, Jarvis. I, I, um, oh, that was a different uh, Laura, right? No, well, that was Laura one. That was that Laura Laura Boneham voted for Jarvis. Uh, no, Wait, sorry, Jarvis's though, loved on... one. Jarvis's loved one. She voted for. Oh, okay, okay, right, right, right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. There's a tribe of nine like strapping people, and then one kind of like dumpy middle-aged women woman. You know, not, how dare not, you? How dare you? She's yeah, um, yeah. Uh, America's favorite survivor's wife you're talking about, sir. Yeah. It's just not no real questions about, uh, you know, who you're going to choose in that in that situation. You know, I myself was in a situation where I also had to choose someone to vote out on day one. Um, you know, I, I also was very nervous because, you know, could have been could have been me. You know, pretty obvious that everyone chose the older lady. Like, that's just the go to. You know, she's going to be. You know, or you think she will probably be one of the physically weaker competitors. You know, especially on this tribe, on the new on the new players tribe, where they're all so just giant. You know, Laura, Laura really stood out. I, I didn't think that was uh, surprising. What I thought was more surprising, Rob, was that Rupert thought this was a reflection on him. That like in Rupert's mind, uh, you know, this vote is all about Rupert and not the fact that his wife is, uh, you know, dumpy older lady. Well, in Rupert's mind, he felt like everybody there is very threatened that Rupert is going to win the game. And so why not take a chance now, hurt Rupert's chances by taking his wife out and weakening his position in the game? I I don't think that that was what the thought process was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, not not the uh, yeah, probably not. Um, and then on the other team, there's Candace who's voted out. And, you know, I think a lot of people have commented on this issue, but, uh, you know, Candace, obviously the replacement, you know, shows up very late and, uh, and the, right before the game starts, nobody's seen her around Ponderosa and they, they choose her. I mean, that seems like probably what happened there. Right. I mean, Candace also obviously has this reputation of being a flip flopper, but I, I imagine there's just the, uh, her newness was really more what hurt her. Yeah, interesting. So the people who vote uh, on the returning players tribe. So Candace votes for Laura. And at first I'm saying, like, what, does everybody's paper just say Laura? Was that sort of like (laughs) everybody votes voted for Laura? Um, So Candace votes for Laura. Tyson votes for Laura. Uh, Then Tina, Kat, Colton, Monica, Otis. uh, I'm sorry. uh, sorry, And Laura all vote for end up voting for Candace. Uh, as uh, in this grouping, do you think that there was any anything else besides that she just showed up? Is it, is there any dislike for Candace? Well, I just think in her two seasons, you know, she's flipped on both on her alliances. You know, she's bad history there. You know, she's never she's proven that she at the at the soonest opportunity will jump ship. And like, who else are you going to get rid of? I thought it was interesting though that Tyson uh, ends up voting against Laura and not Candace. I feel like Tyson is not going to get along with Laura. Do you think that I am uh, a kook with that, or do you think there's some merit to that? I mean, you know, Laura Laura could be a Debbie Beebe figure. You know, Tyson and Debbie did very well with each other. But you, you think more because, like, Laura is sort of like the, 
the Christian mom and Tyson's the irreverent uh, nudist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And Tyson's a Mormon, though, you know, so uh, they've got their faith to bind them together. Okay. Um, so I think this was also pretty interesting before we get to swap <laughs> swapping out spots. So we get to Otis and... He votes for Jervis, says, I'm a right. Redskins fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Um, but he had something crossed out. Did Otis change his vote before they ter- he turned around his card? Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Did And if so, why? Who? I mean, I'm sure the show's in HD. I'm sure we can go back and take a look at it if we need to. But it looked like he had something crossed out. Like he wrote a name down and he crossed something out and then and then switched to or, or then ended up with Jervis, which seemed like just such a like, OK, I know Jervis isn't going to get uh, pissed off. But if he was going to change it, why not change it to Candace and just throw another vote at Candace? What, what's she going to care if she gets five votes or six votes? Right. No, I mean, that's assuming he changed it, which, you know, maybe he was just like debating it for a moment. Right. Um, what? Um, do you think so? So let's talk about the decision to vote for Jervis. I, I read that as you did, as sort of like throwaway. I don't want to piss anybody off. Jervis, maybe you know, seems like a cool guy, but like no one likes to see their name written out. Like that can immediately alienate you from someone who probably isn't getting voted out right away. Yeah, it's interesting. I that would definitely be something that I would want to ask him about. Um, you know, if and when we have yeah, the we opportunity. Get it. You're friends with Aris. Very cool. You know, very impressed. Yeah, well, I would. <laughs> so we'll see. I just thought that was interesting, and I wonder if he cro- if he crossed out a name to go with somebody else. All right, so let's talk about the idea of switching. So Rupert, you know, and this is like this is I feel like the heavy handedness that comes along with everything that Rupert does. I feel like you know when they throw out the opportunity of like, all right, if you want. You could switch with, and now Rupert like isn't even gonna wait for Jeff to finish the sentence. No, hold on, but like, what did Jeff say? When Jeff's words were like, "Rupert, you're always saying you love your wife. If you love, if you really love your wife, you can prove it. And if you don't prove it, you probably don't really love her." Like, yeah. I thought Jeff's setup was so heavy-handed. Well, I feel like if you're Rupert and and Laura, okay, and you come out to Survivor, shouldn't the goal be? Look, I don't care. Who wins the game? As long as we come home with the million dollars, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't that be the goal? I think that's a, I mean, I think ideally if we're looking at it from like a true game perspective, but like, do you think of like the emotions of like Laura Bonham, who's, you know, three times had to like live in her wife's, live in her husband's shadow as he's gone off to be a celebrity. You know, whenever she goes to these survivor events, it's all Rupert, Rupert, Rupert. You know, Laura Bowden wants her, her spot in the sun. She wants her opportunity to play this game that's de- sort of defined, you know, her life for the last decade. You know, she and, – and I think so that it's not, you know, it's not just a question of, like, dollars and cents. There's a real emotional component to it. This was one of the things that a little bit annoyed me about this uh, episode or uh, the direction we're going this season was the fact that they try to make it like there's this big rivalry between the loved ones. And it's like really like that. Yeah. Y- yeah. Like like if I went on the show with Nicole and it's like, boy, I just like uh, at the end of the day, as long as I beat my wife on this show, <laughs> then, I, then otherwise I'm going to have to hear about it forever of like, hey, I got you, man. You, you know, I'm a better survivor player than you are. As opposed to, like, I 
like it's not going to divide the family completely apart that you try to because you had to I, beat yeah. your loved one on a game show i didn't like that those confessionals felt really forced to me like you know you you can just like see the producer being like so laura can't you just wait to beat sierra you know and it's like probably not right probably she wants sierra to do well just like she herself wants to do well like, yeah i really can't wait to beat sierra you know like I, I totally agree with you, Rob. Yeah, this is a little too much. I didn't like that. So let's not waste any more time with, with that line of questioning this season. That being said, I feel like it's a huge mistake for Rupert to go to Redemption Island in place of Laura. I mean, it's like if I'm Rupert, it's like, all right, you know what? Let's let I'll let Laura go to Redemption Island. You know, if, if we lose Laura, OK, big deal. I'm still I got to play my game. I agree with you, like strategically, huge mistake. You know, Rupert can do well with the returning players. When Laura's an easy first. Well, play. well, Laura, Steve, let's just let's say Rupert at least has a at least has a puncher's chance here. Let's be being generous. All right, Rupert has a has some chance with the returning players. Sending Laura over to them, like she's obviously gone first. There's just no doubt about that. Um, you know, she, he's making it easy, and the odds are that Rupert's going to face Laura on Redemption Island. I just think there's no other way to do it. And, you know, I mean, we'll get we'll talk about it in a second, but when you, you saw how pissed Candace was, I, I bet she's still pissed that John didn't take her. Oh, her. John is today. sleeping on the couch from here on in. That if Right. <laughs> that is like, no what way. What is, like, a shot at, you know, a very slim shot at a million dollars versus, like, the rest of your life with this person? <laughs> yeah, it really a terrible move, terrible strategic move by John because Candace will never, ever, ever forget this, and uh, basically uh, his life will be miserable from here on out. Not worth a million dollars. Um. So, but going back to to Rupert, if the loved ones all vote out your wife uh, right. at the first chance they get, aren't the odds very good? that the survivor players who are their loved ones who probably were told by the survivor players what to do uh, as we uh, lose Steven here for a second, but let me uh, pontificate on this for a moment. So if the survivor players who are there, like their loved ones, like uh, like does Sierra Moret know anything about Laura Boneham or Tina's daughter or any of these people that voted against her? Obviously not. So you would have to assume that in all likelihood that the survivor players themselves want to vote out Laura first. And now we have a situation where there's a very good chance that Rupert and Laura could both end up on Redemption Island together at the same time. And that one or both of them will be eliminated without a chance to even come back into the game. So I think that that was a very foolish and short-sighted decision on Rupert's part to decide to go to Redemption Island because uh, these challenges are not necessarily going to be like who can carry the most weight or anything like that. They're always like some sort of, a, you know, there'll be like a puzzle involved or some sort of, you know, agility or something like that. So there's no guarantee that Rupert, it, it, you know, Rupert isn't Ozzy and he's not going to be able to necessarily win any challenge that they throw at him. So there is a, a good chance that both he and Laura will end up there. Uh, along the way. So let's take some questions as we wait for uh, Steven to uh, to come back. Um, I thought this was interesting, too, in the introduction um, that Jeff outed Hayden uh, pretty much. Now, we know the other returning players probably knew, uh, knew of Hayden's game, but 
I felt like maybe Hayden doesn't want to tell everybody that, hey, I was on Big Brother. And I forget if Jeff said if he was the winner or or, or not. Um, but I felt like for Jeff to just sort of out Hayden as the uh, Big Brother player, I felt like unless Hayden and Jeff had that conversation beforehand, I felt like that was a little ballsy on Jeff's part to just completely out him. Steven, can you can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. That was totally... Totally just idiocy on my yeah, part. Don't worry about it. Um, I was talking about when Jeff introduced everybody. Did you think that that was um, – did you have any issue with Jeff sort of outing Hayden as the big brother player? I, I thought that was really weird. All around he was outing everybody as, as, uh, as their, their uh, you know, relative selves. Yeah, he, he added – he called Brad Culpepper Culpepper. You know, like he uh, – just completely i mean obviously you know maybe you, you do know who brad culpepper is but i don't know i felt like he was really forthright with that stuff yeah i feel like when jeff kent was on this show he didn't say hey kent uh famous baseball player what's that like uh for you coming out here like you know some people and i don't know if, they, if that's from conversations they have with the producers or jeff kent says like hey man i ain't telling nobody anything around here um so i don't know how exactly that that comes together but we'll see so uh, I was just talking about uh, Rupert's, Rupert's uh, bad strategic decision. What about for uh, Candace and John? Strategically, was was it? Did it make more sense for uh, Doctor John to stay in the game than Candace? I mean, definitely from a strategic perspective, it's always going to make sense to stay on your tribe, right? Bringing someone from another tribe over to your tribe is just like gifting them the chance to vote them out, especially because you're on Redemption Island which means you're not in you're basically not in the game right now so you're not a, a potential end game threat later on down the road. You know, if someone's on Redemption Island, it makes sense to send their loved one there because, you know, get one of get one of the pair out immediately and you know, there's there's less of a chance that that person will have uh, an opportunity to avenge themselves. Um, but just from a personal perspective, I really think you know, they're going to get divorced because of this. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, what is the likelihood that Rupert will end up in a troll with Laura sometime in the next two weeks? Uh, <laughs> I think it's highly likely. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Um, we also asked this question during our roundtable with the uh, RobHasWebsite.com uh, bloggers that we did the other night. Uh, I had asked, true or false, uh, Candace will vote against John at some point this season. Doesn't look like she might not get the chance. <laughs> I mean, I think in her heart she has voted against John a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And in the chat room, people are clarifying. Jeff did not say Hayden was the winner of Big Brother. Stephen, did you take offense? I saw some survivors on Twitter last night. Uh, the fact that Hayden said, "Hey, I was on Big Brother." That's like a survivor in a house. Um, I saw one one survivor in particular said, uh, "No, it's it's nothing like that, homie." Um, did you take any offense to what Hayden said about uh, Big Brother is Survivor in a house? I mean, if I, you know, in a way it is, you know, a house makes everything easier, more comfortable, you know, like allows you to be softer and worse. You know, living outdoors, you have to be harder. So like big, like Survivor in a house means like, yes, a worse, dumber version of Survivor. <laughs> oh, Stephen, yeah. Stephen. 
Was wow. that Eliza who, who tweeted that response? <laughs> no, it, I you know I, I didn't follow Eliza on Twitter. Also, well, we do the podcast later. By the way, a full uh, interview podcast with Kim Spradlin coming later today. I will take a oh, look wow. at what the uh, Rob has a website researchers came up with, and we'll take a look at what all the twi- all the survivors said on social media last night. Should be good. All right, Stephen, let's talk about some first impressions of the new players. All right, we've we met some of them. I'd say probably the most airtime on the new player tribe went to uh, I'd say uh, Culpepper and Vitas. Uh, let's start with Culpepper. He monopolized the airtime in the early going. He started this all male alliance. Um, what do you think of Brad Culpepper in the early going? I mean, you know, it's interesting. He he created this alliance. The alliance is together. He got his way. But nobody trusts him, even the people in his own alliance. And, you know, everything you, you have these scenes of him making an ally and then and then immediately, uh, you know, that ally being like, this guy's a jerk. But, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and, I, you know, I thought in all those scenes that, you know, the, the other people came off better, you know, from from John Cody to uh, Caleb, to certainly to Vitas. Some people have said, do you think this is a good sign for Brad Culpepper that Jeff has gone with the Cochran, the Penner, uh, the Mariano, the Donaldson, that he has already earned last name status? Uh, I just think Jeff is like a fanboy, right? Like he's like, Culpepper! Like this is his like, you know, this is his aspirational ideal. He loves Brad Culpepper. Um, yeah, yeah, I he- think so. He loves I mean, you him. know, Brad Culpepper also got goofy music, you know, a lot. Uh, yeah, did did I, you I, see Parrot? Oh, go ahead. Well, I would say I think Jeff Probst loves Brad Culpepper. I think the editors hate Brad Culpepper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got... <laughs> five, five? Yeah, four. Four with nine equals out. Five with nine <laughs> equals in. So, Stephen, what does what does six with nine equal? I mean, in and out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Set up <laughs> and deliver. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, Brad Culpepper, the, what is the probability that this uh, group of five ends up uh, being the final five of this game? Uh, zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero percent chance. Which was a worse alliance? Uh, Brad Culpepper's alliance of five, which needs a name. I really feel like in 2013, you make an alliance with five dudes. Uh, you need a name. Uh, if Coach were there, this would not be happening. No name nonsense. Yes. Now, do you know the the Big Brother backstory of Hayden Moss? Uh, I know that he won Big Brother. I actually, I actually have spent a car ride. Uh, I took a car ride with Hayden Moss. Um, he he. He and Lane and JT and I drove from like Houston to Dallas or Dallas to Houston. It was like a three-hour car ride. I don't think anyone talked in that whole car ride. Not not like not a word was exchanged. Really? Uh, well, it, in Big Brother 12, Hayden was the winner, but he became part of a all a four-guy alliance uh, in the Big Brother house, which was actually a secret alliance, which did particularly well, uh, called the Brigade. And so yeah. Hayden was part of this brigade, and they ended up uh, sort of being very much under the radar, and nobody sort of knew what was going on. But in that situation, I think there was like 12 or 14 people in the house, and so it wasn't like all the guys in the house were in this group where it was very obvious what was going on. So did, did uh, Hayden, like, did he play well? 
Yes, I he think he was. He I thought he's actually one of the better Big Brother players because he has a good social game. Everybody likes him, and he's not like he's not seen as like a big time like over schemer. So while right. he does, he I think he does have strategy. I think he sort of is low key about it. And I was really impressed by like the you know the just his diction and when he was describing the lush tropical island. <laughs> yeah. I need to give this guy a second look after that car ride. When that was more words than he said the whole car ride. <laughs> yeah, you had no idea you were with a future Survivor player. Yeah. Um. So how about uh, some of these other players? Who do you think is the number two in the Brad Culpepper uh, group of five? And you want to think it's Vetus because uh, he's like the smartest, right? But probably John because he's the broiest. Yeah, I think so. I think John is like along for the ride. Vetus, it looked like he was off. He was talking to the girls, which it didn't look like too many of the other players were doing. It seemed like John was very. Is, John seems very content to uh, let someone else uh, take the lead. He seems. Uh, it seems like he's almost used to that. Somebody else being in charge. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I thought Vetus, you know, I, I awarded him the first fishy, uh, for his, uh, you know, his savvy, uh, just, he was very good. You know, he got in good with the, the manga thing, but he also kept his side things open. You know, you saw him talking to all the girls. Um, I thought, you know, Vetus, Vetus was really clearly a very savvy guy. Yeah, I thought Vetus got a very good edit last night. Got like his whole his whole backstory uh, revealed in the in the first episode. So uh, good for Vetus. Looks like he, I think Vetus could make a run this season. You know, who I really like though Caleb. Caleb might be my favorite on that tribe. Yeah, I mean, other than Rachel, obviously. I mean, well, all the guys. Let me tell you, I, I had a little bit of a of a problem, Stephen, with with Caleb. I have to say that uh, that I really he really got off on the wrong foot with me. Uh, last night because I'm sitting there and I'm watching this episode and I realized that like, uh, oh my God, is did Caleb uh, steal my clothes to go on Survivor, Stephen? I think actually what happened is you stole Caleb's clothes. No, Caleb and the, no. Caleb and his people have been wearing plaid for eons, and you know it's only you know migrated to the to the cities as recently. No, that I, I am very offended that I feel like that Caleb went, went took took a page out of my book and is trying is trying to rip me off. Uh, yeah. So very un- very unhappy with with Caleb's wardrobe. Get your own thing, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he compared him and Colton to uh, uh, me and JT, which obviously you know win, wins wins some love for me. The fact so that who, was- so who is who? <laughs> I was I was Caleb because. I also wear plaid sometimes, and uh, you know JT is golden because he wears like Izod. <laughs> JT wears like a uh, a sweatshirt tied around his uh, shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never seen him with that look. And the chapeau. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know, I thought Caleb was very was very good in all seriousness. Um, the uh, and then Hayden, I thought had a pretty quiet night. He just he to me it seemed like Hayden seemed a bit overwhelmed uh, through three days of Survivor. And some of that could just be, you know, lack of edit, right? I mean, you know, who knows what Hayden's actually got going on. Because I feel like where the Big Brother doesn't get hard until later, like Big Brother, you show up on the first night and it's like, whoa, pop the sh-. You're drinking champagne, you're getting drunk all night. Right. So it's Big Brother, the first three days are just a party. And then it right. gets progressively harder as the game goes on. I feel like it's the opposite where like the first couple of days of Survivor is extremely hard. It's like yes. a real big shock to the system. And Hayden seemed like, like a little bit still trying to get his legs under him. 
That's interesting. I hope we see more. You know, you know, we didn't see it all. Rachel, not not like a line from Rachel. I was kind of disappointed about that. Yeah, we didn't see much from her. We didn't see much from any of the women really on the new players. And even Katie and, and uh, Marissa, who were the potential boots, were uh, not were overshadowed by yes. Cole Pepper. Yes. Uh, other than we saw when the uh, young girls uh, wanted to do puzzles and got schooled by their moms. Yeah, yeah. Puzzle what a, moms. What a wonderful little random story that was. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about what about our returning favorites, Stephen? Uh, first impressions of our returning players back again. So, um, Stephen, if you uh, are going to be, you have for many years now given out the fishy. I, I feel like I would, I would like to uh, pay homage to to that honor. I, I would like to award a sesty. For the oh, yeah. for the player that sucks the most every week, do you have well, any issue with this? I, I think I might know who this one's going to, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that sounds great. Because I am giving the first ever Sesty to Jarvis, yes, or, or <laughs> AKA Jarvis. Oh my yeah. God, Stephen! What? Wow, th- we waited thirteen years for this. He could not have done worse. Really, he could not have done worse. One of the worst debuts. Uh, first off, uh, Jervis says that uh, it's been it's been 13 years uh, since he played. He believes that this has been the longest uh, layoff between people. And I would say, considering that this he was on the first yeah. season and this is the newest season, yes, this would yeah. be the, this is the longest layoff. But and and uh, I am a I am a Jervis fan, so I was a little disappointed to see this last night. So Jervis almost completely derailed, almost single handedly costs the f- favorites the immunity challenge last night. Laura Bonham, you know the dumpy <laughs> middle aged woman who was cast off allegedly because she was going to be a you know a suck on the challenge is. Albanero him along. And whatever. That's not even the part that I have a problem with. Whatever. Jervis, this has been well documented. Jervis, not a good swimmer. Going back to the first uh, first survivor. Sue Hawk, like, know, oh, yeah, I told you Jervis couldn't swim. Yeah. So, so then after the challenge is over, what business does Jervis have yeah. celebrating? Spiking the great. football in the other team's face. That was What is he thinking? Hilarious. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's an old adage in sports that it's like the player who does the least is the person that's like celebrating the most when the team wins the championship. Right. And there is no better instance of that than Jervis last night. It was ridiculous, and it probably cost Marissa, uh, you know, her, her spot <laughs> yeah. in the trial. And on top and- of that is throw the 15-yard uh, penalty for excessive celebration on Jervis, then his niece ends up being the one to get voted out of the game. Just was really, really not thought through well by Jervis at all. And I want to give credit to Tyson, who I don't know if you noticed, when Jervis was going off, Tyson goes up and, like, hugs him, you know, doing something bro-ish, but also maybe restraining him a little bit from the insanity. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is maybe in Survivor 1 that might have that played, but uh, no, not in Survivor 2013. Not when yeah. you have this much interplay like in the first season of survivor it was like hey they're the other tribe they're their group we're our group we just have to worry about us here uh this is not the same game as that well and especially when you've got your relative like it seemed more than i mean for all we were on about like how like there was smack talk between you know tina and katie like 
Jervis's smack talk seemed directly directed at Marissa. She, <laughs> yeah, she gave I don't the, think they like each okay. other. I don't think they have a good relationship. <laughs> um, so uh, the only thing I will say for Jervis that maybe he was a little over exuberant because he had to have been thinking during the challenge, oh my God, they're going to vote me off if we lose this challenge. That I am <laughs> the reason why we lost. They're going to vote me off. And then when they came back and won the challenge, right. maybe it was like, oh, my God, I'm off the hook. But it right. was like, not in your face. You guys suck. Uh, I sucked. I sucked today. Yeah. He he really uh, should have been a little bit more sheepish, you, you think, uh, given that performance, for sure. So I, I don't know. Not a good start for Jervis. Maybe he can, hopefully he can get back on the right foot and not win any more Sesties along the way. Uh, <laughs> So uh, what about some of our other returning uh, favorites? I thought Quiet Night for uh, Tyson. But Tyson makes fire. Yes. You know? Oh, he did make the fire. Yeah, that's right. You I know, always forget. 15 minutes. That for, I, like um, somebody always makes fire. And then for like about five minutes on Twitter, people are like, oh, man, that guy made fire. I think he's going to win. Uh, like it's always like Jeff Probst, like will tweet like, uh, man, he Tyson gets the fire started. Looks like uh, that's going to help him down the line. Um, it's the most overrated thing ever. And all the everybody on Twitter is like, how do you go in Survivor and not make fire? No, it's so overrated, Stephen. Um, uh, yeah, it's overrated like in the long term. But I think in the beginning it's nice. It's nice. You know, people treasure that. People feel good about it. Um, you know, it's good for good for the fans at home. I guess so. Boost your Twitter account. Yeah, you get some like uh, yeah. It's good. It it's a surefire way to get you into the uh, sprint fan player of the week. Who did the most? Yeah, that's right. You know, someone could win ten thousand dollars voting for you. Did they do? Did they do that last night? I I feel like I don't remember seeing it. it. Uh, Yeah. I feel like the CBS website is very heavily, um, I feel like there's not as much Sprint stuff, and it's very heavy uh, Outback Steakhouse. Get Sandra on that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, if there is no Sprint fan favorite. Maybe. Maybe. If you guys saw it, let me know. Uh, Okay. Uh, Yes. Oh, go ahead. I was uh, was just going to go down a couple other returning favorites. How about Colton? Yes. Uh, How about his night, Steven? What do you think? I mean, uh, you know, not, not great, right? Like, he had that little... You know, tete-a-tete with uh, Monica. She didn't seem to really trust him. Uh, and then he starts breaking down, you know, in a few in a few instances. But what did you think of Colton? Yeah, overall, I thought he had a positive night. I just wonder how much of, like, the, you know, that uh, by night one, you know, he has sort of, like, the breakdown where he's talking about uh the you know his journey and and all and all the stuff which is which is all good stuff and, and relevant uh but i i wanted just to know if you felt like it seemed a little uh strategic um i definitely felt like even less than a strategic it was like he came out there with a mission to like redeem his good name you know like it, it was almost he was playing to america a little bit you know, about, oh, I've changed, and I'm a new guy. Yeah. You know, he probably has changed to a certain degree, but, you know. Yeah, but, and then, but then we get the preview, like, and and next time on Survivor, the old Colton is back. Like, all right, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who had the over-under on that? But I do think, I, I think, that, and I said this in the preview show, I don't think that Colton is going to come back, and it's like, uh, like, uh, like, hey, Jervis, why don't you go clean my house? Like, I don't think we're gonna it, we're gonna get that side of Colton. I think what we're gonna get is the sort of like, if you cross me, I'm I'm putting your ass in the ground. Like, you're gonna you're going home. You know, I think that 
that is the side of Colton that will come out with this game, and I don't think he can do anything to change that. I, I mean, I hope that's the case. You know, I think that was the side of Colton that was the most effective as a game player, right? It was just his sort of, you know, bullying ways of manipulating people. You know, it probably won't be as effective with these returning players who have their, uh, you know, have their own egos and their feet under them a little bit more than the uh, than the male goofballs over in One World. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting, though, in, in the beginning of One World, Colton also had a little breakdown. He, he had, uh, you know, some, some tears on the beach as well in the first episodes of One World. What happened with Colton and Cat in the boat? <laughs> but that was like a brother sister thing, you know, where they were like just on each other. That, who threatened to hit uh, the other one with the paddle? Colton threatened I to hit Cat with the paddle. I thought Cat threatened to hit Colton with the paddle. Like if he didn't paddle harder, <laughs> it was hard to tell though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting to watch. Cat uh, had a quiet night also. Yeah, not much from Cat. Not much from really any of the favorites. You know, you, you saw Monica and Colton. Uh, that was really it. Who else? We saw obviously Rupert and Laura do their dance and uh, Candace, but not 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 too much else. Laura Moret spoke spoke a bit. You know, she had some screen time. Yeah, quiet night for her. Quiet night for Adas. Quiet night for uh, Tina Wesson. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the puzzle moms? Do you think puzzle moms becomes a good alliance going forward? Was that a, was that one of the Twitter hashtags that was uh, <laughs> yes. promoted by CBS? <laughs> yeah, Island Puzzle Moms. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. I'm surprised. You know, T- Tina. Best thing that happened to Tina Weston was Laura, Laura Bonin coming over to her tribe. You know, that really. Uh, you know, put, put some heat away from her. Yeah. Don't you think Tina's going to be an early, early? Uh, you know, in trouble. I do think that Tina could be in in trouble early. I mean, I think it really depends on how this shakes out. Like, I felt like, you know, that there's like a, I feel like I think Tyson and Adas would get along. And I, Nicole brought this point up, which I thought was actually a good one, was that Tina always likes to work with the alpha male. And I wonder if Tina is going to pick Adas to be her new Colby. Or and even she tried to get going with Ethan on Survivor the All Stars, and it feels like Tina plays better with the other men than she does with the women. And I wonder if that will be where the tribe divide is, where it's sort of like you have the guys that get along, and then you have like the Monica and Laura, and you know, is Colton ending ending up with them? I feel like there's sort of a, a divide which could end up forming. That's interesting. Um. I can see that happening. I mean, I wish we'd seen more of their dynamics, but really, for the most part, it was a pretty uh, pretty fun episode. Yeah, and I think much like Survivor Karamoan, I feel like if the favorites don't start going to Tribal Council, then I feel like we're yeah. not going to see any of that. It's going to be one big happy family, and like we saw last season, like the, dr- the fireworks don't really start to happen until that tribe has to start going to Tribal Council. Like, I feel like the returning players can manage their differences pretty well through victories. Oh, really? I always felt like it was just a question of the, what's, what we're being shown on screen. Like, the thing I'd always heard, and I obviously haven't played, you know, the, the All-Star game, but uh, is that it's just like in overdrive, that there's like alliances like being formed and collapsing, you know, minute to minute. Yeah, but they're just not real until you have to actually go to Tribal Council. Like, I feel sure, like sure. A- anything that happens when there's not Tribal Council in play, I feel like it almost doesn't matter. It's almost like irrelevant. Absolutely. 
Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, I want to get some get some questions for you guys. I know we spend a, a little bit longer on this than we uh, than we normally do here on the Survivor Know It Alls. Uh, as always, you can get your questions into us uh, by posting them on this video. If you're watching us live, click the video and go to our YouTube page, or go to hashtag RHAP on Twitter and send us send us your tweets. And uh, of course, uh, we are in in the chat room. T- um, Steven, do, do, was there anything else that, from last night that you feel like we didn't hit on? No, it was pretty. I mean, the only one thing was uh, how funny Rupert was on uh, Redemption Island with Candace, where Candace is feeding him, and Rupert's like, I'm going to let her feed me. Uh, that was pretty good. You know, like, kudos to Rupert. What do you Rupert think? Rupert's is- a lot of crap, and I think Rupert also is not a total moron. Uh, who do you think has the better strategy on Redemption Island? Candace, I'm going to work, or Rupert, I'm going to just hang out in the ocean and sleep until the challenge starts? Rupert, probably. Yeah. So Rupert outwitting Candace on Redemption Island. Yeah, let her feed me, and then I will beat her in the challenge. That seems that seems pretty good. Yeah. I saw one of the questions uh, we had earlier was, um, who do you think is going to be the one out at the duel next week? Or the troll? I think, I just think because of experience, Marissa, I think that these things often come down to, uh, you know, to experience, you know, Rupert, probably not the best puzzle maker, but I still think Marissa, just because there's like a real learning curve and Rupert has done this for so long. I think Candace, you know, Candace is smart. She's athletic. I think, you know, and she's experienced. This is a question from Brian Scally. I think it's an interesting one. Was the right move for the five guys to vote out Rachel? in the hopes that Tyson would take her spot. So oh. let's let's talk this through. That That's you have a a dominant physical player on the other tribe. Tyson was blowing people away in the, in the swimming challenge last night. Um do you send his girlfriend out, send her to Redemption Island with the hopes that Tyson then uh will leave the other tribe and allow you to have more victories. That's very interesting. I that, that's not a bad move. Yeah, they need Brian Scally on this tribe of men in this yeah. bro alliance. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's going to be interesting. Now, do you think overall that the a lot of the f- favorites will take the spot of their loved ones? Um, I would imagine it would be hard not. I mean, I think it's different, right? Husband and wife is very different than brothers. You know, there's less. You you have less of an obligation to your brother than you do to your wife. So I, I think it's gonna. I, I think it'll depend on that specific relationship. You know. Mother, daughter, definitely. Of course, a mother's going to take her daughter's place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Uh, maybe some of the daughters are going to be better physical competitors than the moms. Well, it, and that's one element of this season that I think is refreshing is that typically the uh, fans' tribe is so completely overmatched by the favorites, and it's nice that in this case, you know, the favorites have all the experience, but uh, or the vets, whatever they are. Um, and, and the the new guys are just much, much more uh, physically overpowered. Yeah, especially the loss of Rupert was huge for the favorites tribe. I mean, the other tr- the new players tribe really, really out muscles the uh, returning players. Uh, yes, definitely. Especially like the, the switch of Rupert for Laura Bonham. Yeah. So uh, let me see. I'm just trying to uh, come up with a couple other uh, questions. Uh, Stephen, where do you weigh in on the Otis versus Aris debate? Um, like in terms of how to pronounce his name? Yes. I would defer to him on that one. And to you as his good friend. I, 
I've deferred to him, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't seem like anybody else is getting the same deferment that I get. But it's like it's like when you're in America, you say Paris. You know, I, I can only say what my limited, you know, my, my my clumsy American mouth can pronounce. Yeah. Um. So who do we think is the most vulnerable uh, to the vote next week? Uh, you know, I think Laura Bonham. You know, should favorites go to to trial counsel? That's sort of a, a gimme. And then maybe Katie, you know, Katie probably just because she was sort of, you know, missed it this time. And uh, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I feel like Laura certainly on the returning faves tribe. And I wonder if sooner or later there will be an insurrection against Brad Culpepper. Do you think it could potentially happen this early? Probably not. No one wants to rock the boat. You know, all these other guys are just sort of happy to, like, you know, swim in his wake. Um, I, I actually don't see that. I mean, I, I certainly see based on the edit that he's being shown as cocky. I don't see necessarily any dynamic that's going to suggest like an immediate over, you know, flip of that. You don't see like Vetus and Hayden bonding or Caleb and John. You know, the, the, everyone kind of has a relationship with Brad, at least from our current perspective. Um, Gaming fanatic nine one one wants to know, Rob, do you think Colton is going to get karma and get appendicitis again? Steven, do you think that that karma will will give Colton appendicitis for the second time? I mean, did he have? Is that what he had? Appendicitis? I, you know, I hope that uh, Colton stays in the game because I really thought that one world. Uh, yes. Lacked. Yeah, I agree. I would like to see Colton. I think if, as if you're a viewer. If you're hoping for Colton to be off your TV scene, I, I always get upset with people who are like, oh my God, I hate this person. They're so, they're such a villain. I want them gone. Why do you want the villains gone? That, yeah. that will, you know, I get if you don't want them to win, but you want them around for as long as possible if they're interesting. Yeah, especially, I mean, Colton was a great example of that. He really played the game well, and it was not a pretty game, but it was, you know, it was a dirty game. It was, it was fun. Good. It was fun to watch. Uh, and Brian Scally also says uh, that he can, that... Otis confirmed the way that Rob says it is right. So I will I will continue to say it, but maybe but maybe he's just messing with me at this point. Is it just it's just Otis? Otis. Like little, little, yeah. It's like a trill with the R. Yeah. Um so, <laughs> All right, but uh great well great branding nonetheless gets to talk about it. Uh, all right. So, Steven, I think that's uh that's a know-it-alls for this week. It was good, Rob. I think we really we, we started strong. Yes. So, Stephen, what, what's going on on the uh, People.com blog this week? So, big news. Uh, you know, Eric Reichenbach, I've got him, you know, drawing a comic a week uh, for the blog. Uh, you know, I think we thought, like, oh, it would go along with what that, whatever the move of the episode was. But often the move of the episode is boring, and there's, like, funnier things to draw. So, uh, this week he drew a funny uh, image of, of Rupert as sort of like a Jabba the Hutt-esque figure that had this kind of... Uh, it's not like a full Star Wars uh, thing, but it, there's like there's there's hints, and, you know. So. Yeah, uh, that's a tremendous. And uh, of course, Eric Reichenbach has designed the official Rob has a podcast uh, T-shirt, uh, yeah. which uh, which he did for us, which we are uh-huh. uh, we have uh, we have available right now. Also, Rob has a website dot com slash T-shirt. So uh, check that out as well. A very talented guy, Eric Reichenbach. I need to get one of those. Uh, my face is on it. Your, like, do, yes, do, do you yeah. wear it? Do you wear the? I, well, they haven't here? been printed yet. They, they. Oh. It was. It's like a limited run. So it's like sort of like a Kickstarter thing where it was like a twenty-one day uh, engagement. So the twenty-one days it's still available for like another uh, ten days. But yeah, there's a little a little Stephen Fishback uh, down there on one is of the. Is it weird uh, to wear a shirt with your with your picture on it? Is that is I, that a faux pas? I don't. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, like, would you wear that to the gym? <laughs> I probably would not wear it. 
I, I probably would not wear it into like a public place that uh, like where like there was strangers where people were like, wait, is that you on your shirt? Like, I feel like that would be that would be weird. But I feel like uh, if I was going someplace that had to do with Rob has a podcast, I would wear this right. shirt. Um, all right, so uh, and then real quick, uh, here's what's what's coming up. I've I've done my interviews with the Big Brother Final Three this morning, so that was very exciting. I had some good chats uh, with the lively bunch, the Big Brother Final Three. So I will have that up on robasawebsite.com later today. And then of course uh, I will be speaking with the one and only winner of Survivor One World and the also uh, pregnant. Kim Spradlin. So we'll talk to her about uh, what she thought about her buddies from Survivor One World last night and what she has to think about this uh, twist of blood versus water. So, Stephen, we're back. We're back, baby. Do you think there's a chance that your child will compete against Kim Spradlin's child against the Mariano girls in like, a, you know, daughters and sons of Survivor? You know, I said I, I spoke to the unborn baby yet today and I I said uh, that you you're the you're the heir to a podcasting empire, but you'll have to one day then uh, go on. But no, I I do not want my kids to have anything to do with reality television. I, I think I would like them to steer far far away from reality TV. I feel like as a parent, the best thing I can do for my kids is keep them off the reality TV. But then how will they become famous? <laughs> I don't know. They'll have to. They'll have to get talent, and uh, we don't know how that's going to happen either. Um, but yeah, I, I will not. That, no, my kids. Uh, my kids will rebel against me and uh, and hate reality TV. Oh man, that's the best case scenario. <laughs> it's just best case scenario. It's like uh, like screw you, Dad. We're watching scripted television. No, I, I like <laughs> I, I like the uh, scripted television too. So maybe they won't. Maybe they won't even watch television. Oh my god, they're going to read. God forbid. Um, all right, Stephen. Well, thank you so much. Follow Stephen Fishback on, on Twitter as well, at Stephen Fishback. And uh, Stephen, we'll talk to you next Wednesday night in our regular time, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It was great talking to you, Rob, uh, as always. And have a great uh, week. Yes, thank you so much. And then uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't miss any of these live shows. Or uh, subscribe to the iTunes feeds of these podcasts. Rob is website.com slash iTunes. More to come, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. The Survivor Know-It-Alls is recorded and performed by the Fake Plastic Trees. Hear more of their music at fakeplastictrees.nl.